But I want to remind you about the new man. I want to remind you here about the new man. And each person, each person has three dimensions, spirit, soul, and body. Every human being has three dimensions, spirit, soul, and body. You, you are a spirit who has a soul and you live in a body. This is your tent. See, this is temporary. And this is your flesh. This is talking about the flesh, the flesh the body of your flesh, the members, the, the your, your your brain and the members of a part of your body. And so that's that's it's temporary. We're going to have a when we when we go to be with the Lord and we go to a new heaven and a new earth, we're going to have a new glorified body. Praise the Lord. We're going to have a glorified body. So this body is temporary. And this is where our flesh is. Flesh is is and sin. Sin still dwells in our body the remnants of sin, the contaminants of sin, because our body was trained under the old sin that used to live in our spirit. And and we were sinners because the sin that lived in our spirit, we were spiritually dead. We were born that way. We were slaves to sin. And God came to redeem us, uh, not just from the sins that we committed in our body, but from the sin that made us slaves to sin. We talked about all that. And so your flesh is, is your body, the members of your body, but your flesh is also your mind, your mindset, your soul, your soul, your mindset. You know, some would call it your heart, however you want to word it. It's your it's the inner you. And but your spirit is the real you. That's your identity. And so we are spirit beings who have a soul who live in a body. And when we when we were born again and we became new, Christ comes to live inside of our spirit. The very second that we pray and ask him to be Lord of our life, he comes to live in our spirit and we are made perfect by his grace. We are made perfect. We are completely righteous. We are completely whole. We, we, are, we are perfect. You know, many times you think about, oh, if I, I can't wait till I go to heaven. When I go to heaven, oh, I'm going to be righteous. When I go to heaven, man, I'm going to feel, I'm just going to feel loved. When I go to heaven, I'm not going to sin anymore because I'm going to be righteous and I'm going to be holy and I'm going to be loved. Listen to me. <laughs> Listen, you are as righteous right now in Christ as you will ever be. You are as loved right now in Christ as you will ever be here in your spirit. Now, in your soul and in your body, we still got work to do in the in the members of our flesh, this body of sin and in our in our soul, the mindset of our flesh. We've got work to do. We've got redemption and renewing that has to take place. But but you are a new creation in Christ. There is a new man in you. You have a new identity. You are not who you were. You are not what you've done. You are not what has been done to you. In Christ, if you are a believer in Christ, you have been made new. Christ now lives in you and Christ in you. I mean, come on. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me and the life that I now live in this body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. His righteousness is my righteousness. His peace is my peace. His joy is my joy. He lives in me and he wants to live his life through me, through me. So we have to learn how to put on the new man. So the new man can flow through our life. And, and we, so we have a new man. It means we need a new mind. 
We need to renew our mind to the new man. And then we need to submit our body and our, the members of our body to a whole new mission. To a whole new mission. And the mission is to let the new man live his life through us. Let him show out and show off through our life to show the world that he is good, to show him how righteous he is and and what he can do in, in, you know, in someone, you know, that 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 needs to be redeemed. And so and so in your soul, I talked about your spirit. This, This is your identity. This is who you are. This doesn't change. This is eternal. This is temporary. This is eternal. You'll have a new body one day. But your identity is eternal. So we have an eternal identity for our everyday life. It's just powerful stuff. And so our soul is our mind. It's our mind. It's a part of you that says, I think. It's a part of you that says, I think. Your emotions, it's the part of you that says, I feel. I feel. And and then your will is the part of you that says, I want, or your desires, your will, your want. So the three basic parts of your soul is your mind, your emotions, and your will. The part of you that says, I think, the part of you that says, I feel, and the part of you that says, I want. And then your body, of course, it deals with your brain and all the chemicals in your brain and, and that, that function to control the body and, and, and even even your, your heart. Many times when we talk about the heart, it, it's all kind of mixed together there. Uh, but, but the members of your body, even the cellular, the chemical and the cellular makeup, the, the muscle memory, all the different things uh, in, your, in your body. Matter of fact, when I talk about body, I'm really talking about your habits. And I don't know if it's two B's or one B. So y'all just get by faith and just love your pastor. But your habits. And, and so uh, your habits, your body kind of, it's what you do. See, this is who you are. Your spirit's who you are. Your soul is who you think you are. And your body is who you show yourself to be by what you do every day of your life. Now, you can do something different. Doing something different will not change who you are. But God changed who you are so you can do something different. I hope that makes sense. So I want to talk about the grace of God that gives us the power, because grace is always an empowerment for the new man to, to be released with a new mind and have a new mission. God's doing a new thing in your life. So let's look in, in Titus chapter two. Uh, Father, just help us as we read this word. God, help us. God, help us. Titus two. 11. When you got it, say got it. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. The, The grace of God, the grace of God has appeared to all men. Teaching us, so grace teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. Sound familiar? That we might redeem that that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. That means he's pulled us out from the law. 
and purify for himself his own special people, zealous or passionate for good works. So when we talk about good works, we're talking about that God, that the new identity, the new Christ in me, the new man in me works through my life. We, we work out what God works in. So good works are not religious works that I do in order to become somebody. See, good works never makes me righteous. But since God made me righteous through faith in Christ, he now empowers me to do good works. And that's my new mission, that I glorify God with the new works coming through my life. Release fruit un unto eternity so that, and, and even so that people can see what God is capable of. People can see what God, that his good, good works release the goodness of God. That's what good works do. They release the goodness of God. But here's what I want to talk to you tonight about. If you want to put, um, you know, Ephesians chapter 4 and, and Colossians chapter 3, two amazing chapters that talk about putting off and putting on. Putting off the old man, putting on the new man. And so you and I, we have a responsibility uh, to, to, to let God work through us and work out our own salvation. Uh, but here's the deal. Because we're going to talk about sin because grace just told us grace. The Bible just told us grace teaches us, teaches us that we should deny ungodliness. Grace teaches us that we in our mind and our emotions and our will and in our bodies that we have a responsibility right here. We have a responsibility to submit our body and our soul to the Lord, that the Lord would live his life through us. And that takes a faith decision. That takes a faith commitment. And it's not us doing the work. It's the grace of God doing the work in us. To, and, we, and grace teaches us to put off and deny the old life, the old mindset of the flesh and the old members of the flesh. We're to put off that old way, the ungodly way, the 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 things that don't glorify God, the things that are unrighteous, we're to put that stuff off because that's that's according to our old identity. Ungodliness and sinfulness and lust and those evil passions and all that nonsense that that that, that is that's part of our past. And so many of us have habits in different seasons and 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 areas of our life that we're, we're still kind of stuck in that rut in our daily, everyday life. We still live a life in sin because our habits are connected to our old identity. So putting off the old man is putting off the habits that went with the old man. And we need to put on the new man. Grace teaches us that we should have a passion to put on these good works, not in our strength, but from his strength. So that we have new habits and a new lifestyle that agree with the new man who lives inside of us. So basically, if there's anything in our life in the way I think, in the way I feel, or in what I want, if there's any or what I'm doing in my daily life, if there's anything in my life that is ungodlike, it's not for me. It's not for me. 
So here's the deal. We sin, here's as a believer who's in grace and knowing grace teaches us, grace not only teaches us to deny ungodliness, but it empowers us to godliness. So in grace, we never have an excuse to say we had to sin. The only time you and I as a believer, the only time we sin, it's because we want to. I know that's not fun to hear, but I'm going to tell you right now, the only time we sin is because we want to, we feel like we have to, or we need to, or we think that's the best option. We we can no longer say, well, we sin because we're sinners, because we're not sinners. We're not sinners. You know, it'd be like it'd be like me. It'd be like me. Um, losing a bunch of weight. Praise the Lord. That's a, I'm going to prophesy that. Just losing a bunch of weight, having, having something change in me. But my wardrobe, my wardrobe was still based on my old weight. And so I'm walking around with a bunch of baggy stuff, hanging out, you know, all, you know, just baggy, baggy. And every, I'm wearing, you know, it, my, my clothing doesn't match the new me. And so anyone here with, with you know, any logic would say, you just go buy new clothing. And what if I said, well, well, I can't. I'm just going to put the weight back on. I'm just going to put the weight back on so my weight will match my wardrobe. That's silly. But that's how Christians live. Christians, instead of living out of the reality of who we are in Christ and having this transformed by this, we end up we end up living in the false identity and we feel like we feel like we're sinners and we just can't help it here in this earth. We're always going to sin and we create these doctrines that that sound just that cushion everybody to. Well, just expect it. You're going to sin where nobody's perfect. Whoa, nobody's perfect here, right? But you've been perfect here. You telling me he's not able? Or, now listen, I'm going to get in your grill because God's getting in my grill. You telling me he's not able? Or you telling me you're not willing? When I sin, I ain't going to talk about you. When I sin, I sin because I want to. Now, I can make it all religious and I can be like, oh, the pressure and oh, the devil and oh, oh, you just don't understand. Or, you know, just life and the pressure and COVID-19 and politics. I could say a whole bunch of stuff. But here's the deal. John Aiken sins because John Aiken wants to sin. I have desires here that are ungodly and need to be put off so that the, my godliness and who I am in Christ can show up. And I need to retrain my soul. I need to retrain my body to come out of agreement with my old identity, align habits and thoughts and feelings and desires to bring them in, take them captive and bring them into obedience of Christ. That's my responsibility. That's not God's responsibility. That's my responsibility. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to do that. And the cool thing about it is it's not it's not when I do that, then God will love me. No, God loved me and set me apart and saved me and made me new so I could do that because he knows when I do do that, my life is going to change. And 
I'm going to be God. You are good. You're not just good in theory. You're good in experience. You're not just good in the Bible. You're good in my life. God, you're better than Jack Daniels. You're better than that weed I used to smoke. You're better than that lust. You're better than anxiety. You're better than all of it, God. You're better than all of it. And we know by experience the goodness of the Lord and the righteousness of God because grace has taught us to deny ungodliness and deny our old life. And not make, not make any provision for the flesh in our life. Because the flesh is not who we are. Christ in me is who I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And so by grace, by grace, I have a new identity. And I know who I am. This is who I am. By grace, I have a new reality. I know what I have in Christ. I have righteousness. I have peace. I have joy. I might not have it here, but I have it here. And I have to learn how to, how to remember who I am. I have to learn how to remember what I have. And I have to learn how to remember what God can do if I yield myself to him and let him live his life through me. So I'm, even if I'm going long tonight, I'm still, I'm just going to go a little bit and watch this video numerous times or don't watch it, whatever. I'm getting this out tonight. Look in, look in um, James. Go to the book of James. Because just there's a passion in me about Christians who believe the lie. On the law side, and go to James chapter 1, on the law side, Christians who are under the law and very, very, you know, pharisaical and stuff, they end up with the, the, having this expectation of we're always going to we're always going to, you know, it's just it's just having this weight upon you. And then we, we try to cover it up with with some with self-righteousness instead of just releasing the righteousness of God. We manipulate, cover it up with codependency and all kinds of other things to make ourselves look good instead of just releasing his goodness through our life. And then on the grace side, there's people who teach goofy grace. It's just grace that says, oh, just sin. You're free to sin. What are you talking about? That's not grace. That's not Christ. Christ didn't free you to sin. He freed you from sin. He freed you from it. So how are people who are free from sin going to embrace a mindset that excuses us to just keep living in sin? That makes us powerless. But Jesus came to make us powerful. We're not victims. We're victors. You're not a victim to your circumstances. Listen to me. You're not a victim to your thoughts. You're not a victim to your feelings. You're not a victim to your the, the desires that you have. You're not a victim to the circumstances of your life. The, the atmosphere in you or the atmosphere around you, all this can change. All this can change. You can change what you think. You can change what you feel. You can change what you want. By Christ in you, he can transform you. You can change your environment. You want to stop smoking? Throw away the cigarettes. Oh, John, I just can't. Yes, you can. You want to stop drinking? Pour it all out. Don't go by the liquor store. Go to the liquor store. Put your picture up there and say, don't serve me. Make a decision to bring your body and your soul into agreement with your new identity in Christ. 
And don't be hanging around a bunch of people who are going to hold you to your old behavior and be like, look, I know who you were. I, you're doing this Christian thing. Yeah, you're trying, you're trying to show everybody. No, I know who you are. I know the real you. No, they don't. They know who you were. They don't know who you are. You barely know who you are. You're trying to find out who you are. So don't hang around those people. Get in God's word. Man, I got to get to James chapter 1. Whew. James chapter 1. Oh, my goodness. Look at verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. And that word endures is not like, oh, I'm a sinner. I just got to I got to I got to hunker down and get through this storm because, oh, I really want to sin. Oh, I really. But I'm just going to I'm going to hold off and I'm going to wait. Oh, Jesus, come quickly. I'm going to wait. That's not what this endure means. What this endure means is to is to not lose ground that you're going to stand having done. I stand and through this trial and through this temptation, I'm not back. I'm not losing ground. He called me out. He called me up and he's calling me in. He's already made me new. So now it's my part. I come out of Egypt to be made new. And what we're going to do in a a couple of days, we're going to go back and talk about the wilderness and how the wilderness is the part where God does a work in us and through us to prepare us for the promised land. But you, you got to get this, that, that the blessed man has to endure, you know, temptation. And he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Not love him like, oh, but those, Jesus said, if you do me, you'll keep my commandments. If you walk in my love, if you love me, if you love me, if you're in fellowship with me, in relationship with me, you will keep my commandments. He's not saying you better keep my commandments or you don't love me. What he's saying is if you love me, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And you'll experience the joy of the Lord. Verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, nor does he tempt him, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one, each person, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own evil desires. Not drawn away by the sin inside of you because you're just a sinner and you're always going to be drawn away. No, no, you are drawn away not by your identity. You're never drawn away to sin by your identity because your identity is no longer a sinner. You are a saint. You are a son. You are a citizen. You're an Better of Christ, you are drawn away the lingering reality of sin in your fleshly mindset and heart. You're not drawn away because you're a sinner and you have no choice. So drawn away by your own evil desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, and what that means is like it, it's kicked in the gears. It's, it's seized hold of the moment. When, and here's what that means. When you say yes and amen to the evil desire and you yield yourself to that desire that's building up in your soul, it's not here, it's building up here, then you will obey that desire. That doesn't, and, you're, and sin is conceived. And when sin is conceived, it brings forth death. Not eternal death, but, but death to, to the good thing that God is wanting to do in your life. Because sin is always a bad idea. 
Sin is never going to get you what you really want. If, if you love God, it's not going to get you what you want. And so when we sin, we don't lose our salvation. We don't flip back to our old identity. We don't become a sinner because we sin. When sin is conceived because of the desires in our heart, all that means is instead of releasing good works out of the overflow of our identity, we're living double-minded. And we're releasing evil works, unrighteous works, ungodliness, but grace teaches us to forsake and deny ungodliness. And, and let's just keep reading because this is really good. For sin, when it is full grown, so when it's full grown, it starts with a, with a desire or it starts with a feeling or it starts with a thought and it starts as a seed. And then when it's full grown, it's full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That's for the people who are like, oh, God, why is this happening? Why do I feel this way? And because you're having a bad feeling or a bad desire or a bad thought process, you start thinking God is not good. I love how he puts the scripture in this context because he's saying just because you think, feel or have an evil desire creeping up in you here doesn't mean he's changed. He's still good. But your your soul or your body, the sin in your body, the sin in your soul is lying to you about who God is, lying to you about who you are in him. God, why are you letting this happen to me? God, why this? Why that? Instead of realizing he is an ever present help in times of trouble and, and stop using you as the reference point and make Jesus your new reference point. Christ in you is your new reference point. What does he think? What does he feel? What does he want? Get my eyes back on Christ in me. Man, I'm never going to get done with this. Skip down. Just The whole thing's good. Skip down to verse 21. The whole chapter's good. Read it later. Verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. So, Filthiness and wickedness in your soul and in your body. Lay it aside. Put it aside. Put it off. That's your responsibility. Anybody sitting there saying, God, would you come do that for me? God, just why aren't you doing that for me? What are you talking about? It's your, it's your job. He's empowered you. He's given you the grace to make the decision to come in agreement with your man identity. To put on new man. By putting off the old habits and putting off the old sin. Verse 22. Well, actually, 21, I'm not done. With wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted, the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Now, many of us read, oh, save your souls. We think about eternal salvation. That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about saving you from the dumb thing that you're about to do in sin. He's talking about saving your soul. Saving you, redeeming you. That word save means to rescue, means to deliver. So he's not talking about delivering you eternally from hell. 
He's talking about delivering you from the hell you're about to step into on earth because you keep living that same old life of sin. But you are a new man living an old life, but he wants you to be a new man living a new life. And he's going to save you from that life by taking the implanted word. So what happens is, like I showed you the other day, we take the word of God that describes what God thinks. It describes what God feels and what pleases God. It describes what God's want, what God's will is. So we have a heart that says, not my will be done, your will be done. Your word is your will. God, you've made me new. So now the Bible is a description about who I am in Christ and what I have in Christ and what I can do in Christ. So I'm not going to sit back and think, oh, I'm just a sinner. I'm, no, I'm going to take God's word and every day I'm going to take God's word and I'm going to implant God's word right here in my soul. I'm going to take God's thoughts and have them my thoughts. I'm going to take God's, the things that bring him pleasure and put them. I'm going to take God's word and sow it into my soul. I'm going to receive the implanted word. Listen, receiving the receiving the truth of God's word is the same process of receiving the lie of your old sinful life. Same thing. See, the habits of my sin, the stuff that I would do to go get my drugs and go get my alcohol and all the things that I would do habitually. In, in my life, my daily details surrounded my, my addiction, my mindset and my relationships surrounded my addiction. So those things served the sin that was in me. And now, now all that I do is do what Romans chapter six says. And the same way I presented the members of my body and my mind as instruments to unrighteousness. Now I submit them to righteousness. It takes just as much effort and time to go pick up a bottle as it does to pick up a Bible. It takes just as much time to go get on a computer and look at stuff you don't need or go get on there and watch a sermon. Don't you dare believe the lie of the enemy and believe the lie of the old you who's trying to haunt you and, and tell you you can't do this. You are powerful in Christ and you have the power to take the word of God every day and implant it in your soul. And when you implant God's word into your soul, knowing that this is who I am and, and then it takes root down here in your spirit. So you take a word about freedom, take a word about righteousness, take a word about marriage, about finances, about whatever it may be. Maybe you're facing anxiety. Maybe you're facing fear. Maybe it's worry. Maybe I don't you go word from God and you put that word in here and you know that anxiety is not who I am. Anxiety is who I was. That's why I'm not coming into agreement with anxiety. I don't care how intensely I feel it. I don't care how passionately I feel it. No, I don't care how I don't care how bad my body wants that that sinful substance. I don't care how bad my craving is. I don't care. I have a stronger craving than that. And it's a craving for Christ. And I'm going to retrain my soul and my body according to the new me in me. And I'm going to put his word in me every day of my life. It doesn't happen presto magic. You can't wait till you have a date and then start reading the Bible. It's got to be every single day. 
every single day. And it's not just what you read, it's how you read. You take God's word, like he says here in James, and you put, you implant it, implant it. And what will happen is the root will go down into the righteous king who lives inside of you. And then that will begin to go up and you'll have fruit in your life. Fruit in your life. The fruit of the spirit. Good works coming out through your life. And when God's Good works are coming through your life. Man, you sense, smell, taste, feel, see the goodness of God. No regret. No hangover. Man. And so I just don't get it. People say, oh, we just, we just have to sin. We're just, what are you talking about? I mean, no one's, no one's perfect here. So we're not going to like, you know, beat each other up. But let's build each other up. Recognize that, hey, don't forget who you are. Bring your thoughts, your feelings, and your desires out of agreement with the old you and into agreement with the new you. And then change your life. Rearrange your house. Clean out the car. Change your route to work. Change your routine. Change your habits to align with your new life. And that's what he's saying here. That's what he's saying here. So in James 1, he says, be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing natural face in a mirror. And he observes, observing his face in a mirror, he sees who he is goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, and that is talking about the law of liberty, not the law that we were, the instruction of liberty, instruction of freedom that Jesus freed you from sin. The perfect law of liberty and continues in it, meaning he looks in and plants the word and continues in it, continues in it, allows the grace to teach him to deny godliness and be passionate for good works. So if you continue in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Man, I just, I'm telling you, there's, there's a shift. I know we're in, in 50 days of preparation, and in this preparation, I'm telling you right now, in Jesus' name, there's been a line drawn in the sand. We're not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. There's different things that I think and I feel and I want that has so casually as a Christian kind of allowed to creep in and seep in. And I think, oh, I'm not bad as so-and-so. I'm not, I'm not bad as someone else. The Lord's just speaking is, I want, I want my righteous, pure, good works to come through your life. I have empowered you and given you my grace for obedience. And the obedient life is blessed life. The obedient life is the blessed life. And we are powerful in him. I don't want to be the forgetful hearer only who, who looks at the word but does not implant the word. See, looking at the word, the word is a description of who I am in Christ. The word shows me who I am in Christ. 
And I don't want to be the person that looks and says, yep, I'm righteous, but live in unrighteousness. Yep, I'm holy and live in unholiness. Yep, I'm love, but yet chase everything under the sun because I don't feel loved. And be a poor steward. God will still love me. And guys, I'll still be saved. I'll still go to heaven if I'm truly saved. But I will not. I would have taken God's grace in vain. And I would have in my experience lived well below what Jesus died to me up. And the world around you would be confused about who God is. Because, because he's righteous, but yet we live unrighteous. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in this body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And all scripture is God breathed and is profitable. It is useful. It is profitable to implant and give me doctrine, give me teaching, give me instruction, to give me warning, to give me warning and reproof, to give me correction in areas of my life and to give me, uh, you know, instruction and training in righteousness so that this man of God who is complete in Christ, complete in Christ, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work that I wants to do in my life. Every time I sin, if I want to, it's because I feel like it. It's because I think it's the best thing to do. So every day of my life, day what you can do, is every time you have an ungodly desire, you take that desire and you crucify it and you bring it into obedience to Christ and you tell yourself, I don't want that anymore. I now want this. I now want this. You tell your soul, you tell your body, you preach to yourself and you tell yourself, I don't want this old thing. I want the new thing. You tell yourself, I don't care what I feel. I'm not going to be lied to about my feelings. I'm going to put my eyes on the pleasure of the Lord with thanksgiving and praise, thinking of him. And I'm going to, I'm going to think what God thinks. I'm going to say what God says. As, the, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, uh, the, the scriptures talk about as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So I'm going to, I'm going to renew my mind. And I'm not going to sit back and think, oh, I'm just a victim. It's just the way I've always been. He made you new. He freed you from sin. He didn't free you so you could stay in sin. I think that's enough for now. I have no idea how long I've been talking. I love you. I pray God's peace over your life, an overflow of God's grace over your life. And I can't wait to come bring you the word tomorrow because God is preparing us. He's preparing us to release his goodness in the world. Love you. Good night. God bless.